I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the, the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birthnaturally to start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi, everyone. We are back. Sorry for the hiatus, but we needed to take a little time. Our grandmother uh, passed away about a week and a half ago, and... We were very close with her, so we just needed some time and some space to think about things, and it was a good reminder to us, and hopefully we can convey that to you, to uh, share your story with people before you can't anymore, and I'm going to start crying. (laughs) We were fortunate enough to have a really close relationship with our grandmother, and we got to hear her stories, and just... It's just a reminder that if there's someone that you love, listen to their stories. And if there's someone that you love, share your birth story with them or any stories that you want to get passed on. Uh, one of the, uh, we, we've heard, my, my grandmother had 
babies in the 60s and and her last one was born in 1970 and um in the 60s she was it was when they were still knocking women out to give birth which is like unfathomable to think about (laughs) and when she had our uncle in 1970 she was awake and unmedicated and afterwards she uh always told the story about how she asked for a coffee and a cigarette in the delivery room and they brought it to her. Oh my gosh, what great service. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's hard to laugh now, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, it's good that we have all of these stories and memories. So we just wanted to give the reminder to, to talk to people and share your stories and to hear theirs. And the story we have today is Michelle's story, which we really loved. It was just so great. And, Michelle has, I've been following her journey for a couple of years. She has a, a company called Farm Life Outfitters. They make really cute, like, rural and farm attire and some other really cute stuff. And they've been able to achieve their goals. They live on a farm. And I love when we're talking to Michelle, you can hear the cows in the background <laughs> and the rooster. It's so funny. It was just a really great story. So we thought it would be a good story to share. Uh, coming back from a couple weeks off, you'll really enjoy Michelle's story. Yeah, a nice, happy, positive story Mm -hmm. that ends very well, exactly how she wanted it to go. So besides that, um, we are trying to... Well, we want to be able to devote more time to the podcast. I have three kids. Kaylee's about to have three kids. We both work. But we really, really love doing this, and we love that for the past seven months we've been putting out weekly amazing birth stories for you all to, you know, get inspired by and just listen to other women's journeys. So we would love to be able to devote more time to it, but unfortunately, um, it's just not possible really at the moment. So we created a Google form and we want to get your feedback on a few things, a few ideas that we have for moving forward. Um, And we will choose five people who have filled this out, just five random people, and we will give you each a Birth Naturally sticker as well as an Amazon gift card as our thank you to you for taking the time and, and doing that. It's really just going to be a quick survey with mm-hmm. a couple questions. But if you have any other ideas for us that you think would be cool and that you'd be into and would help us out, then please feel free to reach out to us. And you can DM us um, on Instagram at Birth Naturally or you can email us at birthnaturallypodcast at gmail.com. We would really appreciate your feedback and thank you in advance, guys, for that. And now on to Michelle's episode. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and your family? Well, um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I homeschool our kids. Um, we've got three older kids and then our baby that was just born. Um, and we have a farm. Uh, I also uh, I have my own business, um, Farm Life Outfitters. So we have uh, Farm and Country Apparel and we're a lifestyle brand. So we have a YouTube channel. And um, uh, my husband works for full-time away from home, but we're actively trying to get him home to do the homestead thing full-time. So we're excited about that. And um, yeah, that's pretty much us in a nutshell. (laughs) Oh, I just, I heard a rooster in the background. I love it. I I, I, think it's noisy around here. (laughs) (laughs) I I just have some, I have some chickens and some quails and dogs and some cats, but our goal is a homestead too. And I have to just say, I love your stuff it's so cute everyone needs to check out your stuff it's so 
It's amazing. And you're already, your baby's four weeks old and I've, I follow you on social media and you're already like back to working. So <laughs> how are you doing that? Well, it's like an obsession. <laughs> um, I don't, um, I tried to take a few weeks off and actually prior to his birth, um, I just, with everything that's going on in the world, I just had to kind of unplug a little bit anyways. And so I took uh, several weeks off of social media before I had him. Um, and then, yeah, I've tried to like kind of slowly get back into it, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's like this pull, like I, I love my work. So, um, it's just something that I've had to really be disciplined about not taking time away from my family and, and just doing it when I'm able to. So it'll yeah, get there. I love, love routine. So I'm trying to, <laughs> our, it's my sister and I talk. We talk about that often. It's so difficult when, especially when you work from home to find that balance. And right. especially with a new baby. I mean, I'm, I'm having my third, I'm 31 weeks. And I just actually yesterday did the whole um, step away from social media thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. just, I just need to clear my head a little bit, but uh, it, it's very, like my sister just had a baby last September and works from home. And it's a very like, it's a it's a tough balance to try to figure it out, you right. know. It but, is. You know, that's just one of the struggles of being a mom these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, why don't you talk a little bit about when you guys started decided to start your family with your first, and then how you led how it led you to here? Um. Well, we. We were married, I guess, about two and a half years before we got pregnant with our first child. And um, I had a pretty decent pregnancy until the end with her, but uh, I ended up having preeclampsia, and um, which I've been talking to a lot of people lately, and it seems to be very much a first pregnancy thing um, where people have preeclampsia and have to be induced and all that. So, um, so that was a little that was a little different because I was actually dead set on having a natural birth with my first one um, in the hospital setting, because I really didn't know there were any other options at the time. <laughs> um, and when I found out I was going to be induced with Pitocin, um, even my very good friend, who's my chiropractor, who's very much into natural birth. And she, she was kind of like, Michelle, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. That's pretty intense. Like, I just, I want you to be prepared for what you're getting into. Um, and so I tried, um, I, well, actually I did, I did the entire delivery, um, without any intervention, but it was rough. It was really, really rough. Um, I think I ended up passing out a couple of times. Um, oh, wow. we didn't have any support with, the with the nursing staff I'm not really sure what happened there it was just it was just very odd um I brought uh a birth plan you know I was like I had all my stuff you know (laughs) I wanted Mm -hmm. very specific things and I I had my birth plan I brought in and I don't know if that just kind of intimidated them or set them off and 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 they just did not support us at all like they didn't really check on us very much and you know we're kids like um you know trying to do this thing and uh by ourselves and we did for the first time and we didn't know what we were doing and um so 
we, I, I ended up having her without any, um, any epidural pain medication. And, um, then she had a really rough start. She was, you know, they, they induce you usually at 37 weeks with, um, with preeclampsia. And so she was like 37 weeks and four days, I think. But when she, when she arrived, she was having a lot of trouble with her breathing, uh, which I think happens a lot with that too. Mm -hmm. So um, anyways, we, we ended up having to be transferred to a local NICU. They didn't have a NICU at the hospital where we were. And um, so she was there for six days. Um, The doctors were really baffled by it they said she thought or they thought that she had pneumonia they thought that she was maybe a 34 weeker and so her lungs looked underdeveloped um so they didn't really know but thankfully um we got to leave in six days so that was pretty miraculous too um but after that experience it took us a little while to have another (laughs) another baby I can imagine Uh, yeah (laughs) we so we waited, um, and our second is three years, um, three years apart from our first. And that that uh, pregnancy and delivery went really well. I had actually, because I had such a traumatic experience the first time, I, um, I was like dead set on having an epidural the second time. I was like, you know what? I've done it one way. We're going to try it another way. I don't want to yeah. die. <laughs> um, so... So I tried the epidural the second time and it was like, I feel like I should not have gotten one because, um, they were swamped at the hospital that day and they had told me that. And I'm like, that's not what you tell a laboring woman that you're like too busy to take care of her, you know? Um, but that's kind of the vibe I got was they were just so busy, um, with lots of different scheduled procedures that day that it was, it it was going to take a while to have the anesthesiologist come and do my epidural. And I said, okay, whatever, like, just, this is what I'm requesting. Well, he got up there and I think I was already, they had already checked me and I was probably an eight. So I got a late epidural. Like I, I should have just kept going had I known, but like, you know, when you have something on your mind, it's like, and, and especially when you're in the moment of all the pain and the contractions, you're just like, you know, you're just going with what you've rehearsed in your mind. So you're like, relief is coming. (laughs) So an epidural with her. Um, and you know, it was just the oddest thing having to be told when to push and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it, it, you know, it was, it was a relief because it was so different from my first experience, but at the same time, I was like, I could have, I could have done that. I could have done that naturally, but Anyways, that was um, my second. And then the third, he was a week past my due date when um, we actually ended up inducing with him. Um, I was swelling a lot. I didn't have preeclampsia, but I was really swelling a lot. And um, and I was just flat out miserable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we ended up inducing with him again at the hospital. And... I had told my husband early in the pregnancy, I said, now don't let me talk about having an induction again. And cause I don't want to go that route. And, um, but you know, he, he's like, you're the pregnant person. Like, you know. 
I'm not arguing with you. Right, you do what you need to do. And so I was done. I actually had prodromal labor with him about a month before he actually arrived. And oh. so I was going in, like, it was just, it That's was cruel, isn't it? It's it just, is. it's, so, it's so mean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, didn't know what prodromal labor was. None of the the doctors said anything about it. They were just like, yeah, your body's just practicing for labor. And I'm just like, well, that sounds real cute, but that's, it's not cute at all. You know, no, this no cause it's timeable. Like that's what people don't understand. It's painful, yeah. timeable contractions. And it goes on just when you start, you're like, you know what, I'm going to call now. And then it's like, Mm-mm. no, yeah. we're done now. <laughs> exactly. And, and see with my second labor where I had spontaneous labor with her, um, she, like, it was, it was pretty easy in the beginning. Like, it was, the the contractions were timeable. They were getting a little more intense, but it was not painful until I was actually in the hospital. I was, like, at a six, you know, and that kind of thing. And so, I was really tricked by this prodromal labor because it was the same way. And um, I just, I just didn't understand what was happening. But so we were, we spent a month going back and forth to the hospital. They actually admitted me one time um, overnight because they said I had progressed. They said I was, oh gosh, I can't even remember. I think I was at like a two or three when I got there. And then after they monitored me, they said I was at a six. Oh, wow. And I know. And so <laughs> I'm not sure. They actually had two people check me and told me that I was a six. And so I am not sure what happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but it was like, nope, not yet. Sorry. <laughs> to be time. sent home after that. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. We actually ended up spending the night there. Um, and <clears throat> they would not let me move. They said, we have to wait for the doctor to, you know, approve me to be able to walk around <sighs> and stuff like that. It, I just felt so, oh, it was just bad. I just felt so tied down and just like, you know, I felt like if I could move, maybe the labor would continue, mm-hmm. but I was sitting in the bed and then it just stopped. So, um, so they sent me home. I was heartbroken after, because, you know, from when they check you, that creates contractions that creates pain um if they're Mm -hmm. checking you over and over again and so I was just in a whole lot of pain when they sent me home um so we yeah we did that several times where we were going back and forth to the hospital and things weren't happening and so I was just done with that pregnancy I was just over it and I was like get him out I don't care just get him out and um so our son was born about a week after his due date and um that did not go well because my epidural actually I didn't know this could happen but it actually came dislodged like um it it, uh stopped working which I know a lot of people have said has happened to them but it worked at first and then like I took a nap and then when I woke back up I was like oh no like I'm feeling everything what's going on here and I talked to um the nurse and she looked at my back and she, and it was just, it was, it was all bloody on my back. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. I know, like, I'm glad I couldn't see it because I would have been like really horrified. Freaking, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, even, even this was like the head nurse. Um, she was like in a business suit <laughs> and she was even like, 
oh, okay. Like we, okay, I'm going to call somebody. And, um, so then at that point, like it was, it was too late. Like I I have fairly quick labors, um, like five to six hours usually, uh, even with induction. And so he was already ready to come, um, at that point. And so I, I kind of did that one without much help. Um, but at least the epidural, I I guess it was working enough that it took the edge off of it anyways. But that being such a horrible experience too, like I said, okay, this time we're going to do something completely different. And, um, and so we actually kind of thought we were done after our third child. And, uh, but we just felt like the Lord was calling us to have another one. Um, more recently and so there's a five-year difference between our son and um, this new baby boy and uh, so we started exploring our options I said I'm not going back to the hospital this time we want something completely different and really our lives have changed within the past um, five years anyways to where we are really trying to live a more natural lifestyle Um, like like I said we have our farm we're raising our own food and we're helping provide food for our community and um uh, i've really gotten into essential oils and just trying to do things a lot more naturally and so we were prepared to to do something different with him and um so when when we got pregnant i said well i have friends that go to this birth center and it's an hour and 45 minutes away. And of course my husband's like, Oh no, like, <laughs> that doesn't sound very smart, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially because I have quick labors. And, um, he said, uh, he said, but we'll, you know, we'll do whatever you want to do. And so we started going and both of us fell in love with the birth center and the midwives there. And, um, and they were really, you know, it was, it was what I wanted all along because they were just, they had such a hands-off approach, you know, um, they weren't examining you at every visit. Like I was used to Mm -hmm. hospital practice and, um, yeah, it was just a really good experience. So, um, we, we started going and, uh, you know, driving the hour and 45 minutes every time. And that was what we were going to do. But then when all this COVID stuff started, um, you know, and there was all this talk about all the restrictions and there were, there actually were restrictions that were put on the birth center. Um, and my husband has really, really bad allergies and he's working outside all the time, you know, doing the homestead thing. And he, I was like, listen, you're going to be in there with me when we're, when we're having this baby, like you need to medicate yourself or something. Like, I don't care what you do you're going to be well by the time we have this baby. Yeah, because I mean, and they're taking any sort of, you know, cold or allergy symptom yeah. as, oh, you could potentially have. And that that must be really nerve wracking. As- yes, it was. And I actually broke down to one of the midwives one, one visit. And I just said, now listen, my husband, I, I can't remember how far along I was. I was probably, I don't know. 30, I don't know, like 36 weeks maybe or something. And I said, now listen, my husband has really bad allergies, uh, you know, and you guys said that if he's symptomatic at all, he can't, he can't come in to the room. He can't even enter the birth center. And, um, you know, they, they tried to calm me down. They were just like, listen, 
your husband's going to be in there. Don't worry about it. But you know, at that point, you're just worried about everything. You're just oh, thinking yeah. well, worst case scenario and everything. <laughs> so, um, but he, he was well, he was able to be in there with me. So thankfully that was not a, not a problem, but we really did start thinking about home birth after, um, all this COVID stuff happened. And I was like, is it really too late <laughs> to <laughs> be planning a home birth at this point? Um, but we just went with the birth center. Um, but I have, I've had a lot of friends who, who, who did switch over to the home birth plan after, after all this started just to be closer to home and not have to, you know, worry about the restrictions and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So did you let your, your family or extended family know your plans? And if you did, what were their thoughts on not going to a hospital? Um, I think they were okay with it. They, you know, they just trusted my judgment on it. And, um, you know, I think if I would have said home birth, that might have been a little bit different. (laughs) Um, But I think they were okay with it. They didn't like the fact that we had to drive also. They were, they were worried my husband would have to deliver the baby on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. So I think probably in the back of their minds, they were, they were wondering if he was prepared for that. <laughs> but, Very true. Uh, and I had, friends, yeah, I had friends that were, that were, you know, fully confident in him with his experience birthing farm animals that he would be able to do it. And I was like, this is a little bit different. Than <laughs> same, same idea though, you know, the midwives were very, um, you know, they were very, um, I don't know what the word is, but they were, they were advocating for us to, to do it at home if we were concerned about not making it. Um, and they, you know, they were like, you'll be fine. They were just very confident that, that we would be okay if we did this at home. Um, and so that gave me a little more confidence. I was just kind of like, is it really not that big of a deal? (laughs) It's really strange, but, uh, so anyway, and, and my husband was actually pretty, pretty okay with the idea if we had to stay here and do it, then it would be fine. Um, so, but we, we had such a good experience at the birth center that if we had any more children, you know, I would love to do that again. But then at the same time, I'm thinking, I think we could probably do a home birth, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So did you guys do anything to prepare yourself for a natural labor with, with any of your births, really? Um. I sometimes when I over prepare for something, it, it makes me more anxious. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I know there was lots of books that they recommend that I read and that kind of thing, but, um, I really did not do a whole lot of preparation. I did. Our birth center has a Facebook group, a private Facebook group for expecting moms. And so there's lots of discussion in there about, breathing techniques and, um, and there's doulas that come in there and do training and stuff. So I, we did do that. Um, and I, you know, I was always reading up on what other moms were doing to control the pain and that kind of thing. So I did try some of that in labor, um, just some different breathing techniques and, uh, and like, um, (laughs) one of the funniest things that's not really funny, but one of the things that I read was that if you, if you're making, making sounds during your labor, um, to really concentrate on making really low, like growling kind of sounds, mm-hmm. 
and that helps with the pain. And I, I didn't understand what, you know, the correlation between that and, um, and lowering the pain. But when I was in labor, I actually did that and it worked. Like I was like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely um, I, does. I was pleasantly surprised because I had just never tried that before in, in labor. And, um, it really, it really got me through just, just really concentrating on, on what I was doing and the breathing and, and the deep moaning sounds, then yeah, it really did help a lot. So I was pleasantly surprised by that. I think we, we both, my sister and I both think that just like hearing what, like even tidbits of other mom's stories or like, this is why we share the podcast to give people options. And also just hearing like when you, there's sometimes something little will stick out in your mind like that when you're in that moment, like you can take all the classes, read all the books you want, Mm -hmm. but like sometimes a little snippet of information will like pop in your head when you're in the throes of pain and labor and you're like, Oh, I'm going to try that. So, or I heard that that works, you know, I think just just being around other moms, talking to other moms, that is like, is really crucial. Yeah. It's a great resource to have something like that, a Facebook page where you can talk to other moms who have been through the exact same situation that you're going to be going through. Right. Exactly. And just, you know, having this podcast has been awesome. Just, I love it. I love listening to other birth stories and, um, and yeah, just getting, getting other mom's thoughts and just knowing the other moms survived it and we will too. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. Seriously. So let's talk about how were you feeling as you approached your due date? Um, well, with him, um, Sawyer, this is our, our new little guy, Sawyer. He, he was due on April 26th and our birth center will allow you to go until 42 weeks um, until they're required to transfer you to the local hospital. Um, and they, will, they are allowed to go with you, but you would have to be induced at that point. So, um, so I did not want to be induced again. I had already made my mind up about that. So uh, as my due date approached, I was getting a little more nervous because I knew my third child had been on Oh, <laughs> um, had been a week past his um, his due date, and mm-hmm. uh, and I actually started having prodromal labor with this one, but it wasn't nearly as long. It wasn't a month long. It was it was right before his due date, and so I was like, okay, well, I hate this, but I can handle this. You know, he's he's bound to come sooner or later. Well, hopefully sooner, and. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I was I was feeling pretty good about it, um, but when the prodromal labor started, I was like, I don't know how long this is going to last, but it can't last past forty two weeks. We've got to do something. So yeah. um, I, you know, I did all the natural things that I could think of, and all the old wives' tales to try to get labor started, and <laughs> nothing was really happening. So. None of them worked. None of the spicy food. <laughs> No, I was, I was trying all the spicy food, you know, doing doing lots of walking and, um, I was trying to do, I know some people say the mild circuit works to help you go into labor because I I thought the prodromal labor, my midwife said, it's probably because he's just not in the great position is why you're having the prodromal labor. It's like your body is trying to get him in the right position. And, um, so I tried some different positioning things, just trying to help him move down 
Um, but th they actually did an ultrasound on him um, when I was, I guess, I guess it was 40, 40 and a half weeks, maybe, or 41 weeks. I can't remember. And um, just to make sure that everything was good. And um, they saw that his hand was up by his face. Mm. So they were like, maybe that's the problem. Like maybe <laughs> if he's keeping that, you know, thumb in his mouth or his hand up at his face all the time, then that's probably why he's not moving down like he's supposed to. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, goodness, like, what do we do? <laughs> what do we yeah. do? <laughs> okay. So, um, so, so what was your midwife, were they encouraging any sort of, you know, natural induction remedies or what, what was their plan as you approach that, that looming deadline? Yeah. <laughs> They did not really um, encourage anything. I asked them, and I think they were just like, "Let's wait and see." It, you know, it'll be fine. But we'll definitely talk to you about it if you want to. Um, we, the the number one thing that they recommend is once you are right, right, or not right at your due date, but once you are at the forty two week mark, is trying. Um, a castor oil cocktail and um, that coupled with a um, the natural induction technique called the Foley bulb um, mm -hmm. where they stretch your cervix that way. And it's kind of like, they explained it to me like it was a souped up um, uh, sweeping of membranes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's kind of what we were preparing to do because the last thing I wanted to do was go to the hospital right now. Yeah. And I was willing, you know, I wanted to, to go into spontaneous labor, but I, at the same time, I, you know, I really didn't want to be induced in the hospital again. So I was kind of, it was a lot to think about and to pray about. And I, I didn't want to do the wrong thing. Yeah, um, that's a tough decision. Yeah. So we, um, we just waited until I was and my, when I thought that my due date was, and when the birth center had on their record were a little bit different, they were like four days different. And so I had a little more wiggle room with the birth center. Um, but we decided to try the cocktail, the, the castor oil, which I was not looking forward to at all. Um, when I was right at 42 weeks, um, per my, you know, my calculations. And so we went to that appointment. I, I drank the, the drink on the way. Um, <laughs> and thinking when we got there, which I had already the night before my appointment, um, I had already been contracting enough that it woke me up and it was, it was not timeable, but it was, it was more painful than my contractions have been in the past. And, um, then the next morning, I had some bloody show. And so I was thinking, you know, my body's ready. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, this is starting, this is already starting. And so I just didn't know at that point if I should wait and just see what happens or if I should drink the drink and, and do the natural induction technique. So anyways, um, my husband and I just decided like, you know, we're going to go ahead and just try this. And even the, the drink may not work. So if you're really not ready, so we, we did it and, um, got to the birth center for my appointment and 
at this point, because I'm so past my due date, they're doing the non-stress test on me um, at every visit just to make sure the baby's okay and I'm okay. And, um, and they had already checked my fluid levels through ultrasound just to make sure everything was good. And, um, but they saw that I was having pretty, pretty intense contractions on the monitor when they were doing the test. And, um, so they, they were a little, you know, encouraged by that. They were like, well, maybe it's going to happen today, but they, they were like, are you planning on staying in the area? Are you, are you going to have a, going to get a hotel room? What would you like to do? And I said, well, I'm just hoping it'll happen quickly, but if not, then yeah, we're not opposed to staying in the area overnight or whatever we need to do. And, um, so she checked me that morning at my appointment and I was at two centimeters and I asked her, I said, you know, the, the other midwife had talked to me about coupling the castor oil cocktail with the Foley bulb technique. And she said, you know, I actually would not recommend that because if you're already dilated, sometimes when we do that technique, it'll actually push the baby's head up a little bit. And I was like, Oh yeah, we don't want to do that. So, um, yeah, we're just glad he's, he's moving on down. We're not going <laughs> to mess that up. And so that was a relief to me because the Foley bulb was actually, you know, because it was more invasive, I really did not want to go that route at all, um, if at all possible. And um, so she said, what What would you like to do? Uh, would you like to go walk around? I said, sure, we'll go walk. We've done this many times and it hasn't really done anything, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> So my husband and I started walking in the parking lot and this was a Saturday. So it was really nice because there were no other businesses open and, um, and we were able just to have the place to ourselves and we, there had rocking chairs out there. And so I was, I was rocking on the rocking chairs and just really, you know, kind of like a, a replacement for a birthing ball. I was just trying to get him to move down into my pelvis and it did not take us long walking and he, yeah, we started having some major contractions and oh, to wow. where like what is happening here? This is different than, than anything I've experienced before. And they were timeable. And, but because my, my brain is so, you know, I was so traumatized by the prodromal labor with my, with my third child. And then again, the one that had started this time uh, with this pregnancy that I was like, I'm sure it's not the real thing. I'm sure it's, it's just Braxton Hicks. I'm sure it's, you know, we're going to be going home today and this isn't going to happen. And by the time that, I mean, we had been walking for, um, let's see, probably about an hour, I guess. And I, the contractions were two minutes apart, like right at two minutes apart. And I was having to stop and breathe through them. And, you know, my husband kept looking at me. He's like, what? <laughs> what's going on here? You know, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen you experience anything like this before. And so she wasn't going to check me until um, one o'clock, I think it was. And it was about 1220-ish when I said, I think I'm just going to go tell her that I'm having contractions just to let her know. And so I walked in there and she was already walking towards me. And she said, I saw you were still here. And I don't know if she had like seen me stopping to do my contractions or what, but she, she said, I thought you might want to be checked already. And I said, yeah, let's just go ahead. And, um, 
I'm thinking because they have been so painful, I'm like, hopefully they are way, you know, I am a lot more dilated at this point, but uh, she said, you're about three. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, at least we're making progress. But I was disappointed it was six at that point, you know. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> and um, so she um, she said, because you're progressing, and she saw, she saw me contracting. And she said, because you're progressing, we'll go ahead and put you in a room. And so she got me into a room. She texted the birth assistant to come. Um, and that was about... That was about 1230 um, when when we got into a room and uh, my my contractions really were getting more and more intense and I sat on the birthing ball for a little while. Um, but then the castor oil started to do its job. Oh, no. and so then I had to keep going to the bathroom and um, then I started bleeding a lot and um, I actually thought that my water had broken. Wow. But, um, but it was blood and I was, I, that really alarmed me. And so I got her to come, um, in there and she was very, very calm, which is what I needed. Cause I was starting to freak out a little bit. And, um, she just checked me again and she said, okay, you're progressing quickly. You're dilating quickly. And she said, I think that's where all the blood is coming from. Um, so, you know, she, she said, don't worry about it. You know, I'm sure she was, she was probably thinking in her mind, you know, all the things that she had to check, all the boxes she had to check just to make sure that I didn't need a transfer or something um, because of the blood. But um, everything was going good. And uh, I kept going back to the bathroom. The last time I went to the bathroom, I, I was by the sink and I, I knew that they said not to get into the birthing pool until you absolutely couldn't handle the pain anymore because it it's kind of like a natural epidural and it, it will wear off over time, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I was trying to hold out, but I went to the bathroom this last time and I stood there by the sink and I told my husband, I can't move my legs. Like I could not move. The pain was so incredible. And I was just, I guess he had moved so far down that my hips were just not doing great mm-hmm. <laughs> either. And I was like, I can't move. And, um, so I, I told him, I said, I think I'm going to have to get in the pool. And so he went and got the midwife. We got in the pool and, um, you know, I was thinking, you know, all these other moms had said how, how it just really was a relief when they got in the pool, they could rest, you know, they could even like sleep a little bit between contractions and stuff. And I, that did not happen at all for me. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I did not feel like it was warm and it felt good, but at that point I was I was so um the, the contractions were so intense. There was just no there was no relief. There was nothing. Yeah, there was nothing that they could do or that you know the pool was doing to really help. I'm sure it did take the edge off a little bit. I just couldn't realize it at the time. But I got into the pool. It was about um 1.30 that I got into the pool and the um, the contractions were very close together. I don't know how close together they were, but they were very close together. And I started practicing all of those <clears throat> low growls and the, the breathing and everything. And it was about like eight minutes after I got into the pool and I looked at my midwife and I said, why do I feel like I need to push? And, <laughs> and, you know, I'm thinking I was just at a three a little while ago. Yeah. 
happening here? And she, she just looked at me so calmly and she said, you might listen to your body. Your body knows what to do. And I, you know, at the, at, but that was really refreshing because that's never happened in a hospital setting before. No, they're telling oh, me what definitely. to do. And, yeah. Right. Like they're, they're very, um, you know, invasive. They're checking you all the time in the hospital and then they're, they're telling you, no, don't push now. It's not time. Or they're telling you, yes, it's time to push, you know, and that kind of thing. And so for her just to say to me, your body knows what to do. That was just so refreshing, but at the same time, terrifying. Yes, exactly. No, you were supposed to be in charge. Right. You tell me what to do. I don't know. Exactly. Um, so, um, so just as soon as she said that and like I, I had a contraction where I felt like I needed to push. And so I started pushing and I think I, um, on the second push, uh, he crowned and his head was out. Um, and you know, I could, of course my breathing quickened then just from the pain. Um, and they both told me the birth assistant and the midwife told me to slow my breathing down. And so that helped me just to concentrate on that. I have my eyes closed the whole time. I know a lot of women can like watch this, but I, I had my eyes closed. I couldn't watch anything. I was, I was mm-hmm. just, I guess I was just trying to shut everything out and just, you know, concentrate mm-hmm. and listen. And it did help because I was able to really hear the midwives at that point. And I did hear them talk to my husband about, he's got so much hair, you know, and, and so that kind of um, encouraged me to keep going when I, you know, heard him talking about the baby and what he looked like and everything. And so they said, okay, with the next contraction, you know, you're, you're, you're going to meet your baby. And so I waited for the contraction, which seemed like forever. Um, and when, um, when that came, then he came out and, um, I still have my eyes closed. I just wasn't even thinking like, it's over, you know, I still have my eyes closed. And, um, and the midwife said, okay, you can reach down and, and grab your baby. And I was like, I don't think I can. And I think, my, I think my arms were just so weak from like holding on, squeezing. Oh um, yeah. That mm-hmm. I was just, I just felt so weak. I just didn't know if I could actually like pick him up. And, um, <laughs> So, so, you know, my husband's terrified because he sees the baby under the water and is like, you know, somebody pick that baby up. <laughs> he, he knows like we, we did a birth center class that he knows that the baby's fine. The baby has yeah. breath. Like it, it's fine. But he said just the visual of seeing. Your oh, yeah. I'm sure that's alarming. <laughs> that's terrifying. So I think he like just instinct took over and he started reaching for the baby. And I'm not really even sure maybe the midwife had stopped him. I'm not sure what happened or, but I think the midwife and um, my husband grabbed my, my arms and kind of led me to the baby. And um, so I picked Sawyer up and, um, and he was just so sweet. He wasn't um, um, breathing great to start with. So they gave him a little bit of help with that. Um, just to open him up um, after a few minutes when he just wasn't really crying yet and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, but he was doing great. After that, he got real mad when they helped him breathe. So, <laughs> um, so he was really crying after that. And um, yeah, so I was, of course, relieved as you are when after you have, <laughs> after you've birthed. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And wait, so they let you deliver in the water? Yes. Okay. Because I know a lot of birth centers, 
make you get out, which is I'm sure very difficult when you're feeling pretty comfortable and don't want to move. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah. We, I, I knew I wanted um, a water birth this time, if at all possible. And, um, and we had taken a birth center class. So they explained to us about, you know, how natural it is. And um, it's not scary. Like a lot of people think like mm-hmm. the baby is going to drown or anything like that. Right. Um, so yeah, so I was, I was excited. We got to do it that way. Yeah. So what was the feeling of meeting your baby for the first time? And did you know that you were having a boy? Yes, we knew he was a boy, um, which was a surprise to me because I had guessed, oh, I had guessed accurately what each of my kids uh, were until this one. And I thought he was going to be a girl. <laughs> I, the whole pregnancy, I thought he was going to be a girl until we found out. And, um, but I was, I was pleased because now we have two girls and two boys, but, um, so my son was excited to have a, have a brother, but meeting him for the first time. Um, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. Y'all, y'all know what that's like. Just, Uh um, it never gets old. I mean, with each kid, (laughs) it never gets old. No, it doesn't. And, um, yeah, just couldn't stop kissing him. And (laughs) that's so sweet. Yeah. So what was, how long did you have to stay at the birth center? And then what was your recovery like? We were only there about right at three hours. It was about two and a half hours where, when the midwife said, you know, we've, we've checked everything. You're good to go whenever you're ready to go, but you just stick around as long as you want to. And, um, at that point I had already gotten into the bed and had nursed the baby and um my husband had gone to get me a meal because they said since I had castor oil in my system they would rather me have a good meal instead of just a snack before before Mm -hmm. I got up to take a shower if I wanted to take a shower and so I did and um, I ate my meal and then I took a shower and you know it I mean time just flew by we were you know, ready to go. They, they were comfortable with, um, um, you know, how, how I was recovering and, and everything. So we, um, we left and just being able to ride home, which I know having a home birth would be even more comfortable, but just being able to go home immediately after that, Mm -hmm. I thought that I would be like, I don't know, out of it, or I thought that I would be in a lot of pain, and I just wasn't, like, I I don't know if it was just, you know, endorphins, and I was just like, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> and, you know, and, um, and everything, but I really, I was not in a lot of pain, I didn't, um, I had just a really, really tiny tear this time, and uh, they didn't need to do any repairs for that or anything, but I just really wasn't, it was just so different this time, I felt so good, and, um, yeah, we got home and let, let him meet, meet his siblings and, um, everyone was, you know, over the moon about that. Uh, oh, wow. I, I took a nap when I got home. I just, <laughs> I just felt like I needed to lay down a little bit and, um, and let my husband and, and the kid, the other kids, um, you know, bond with him a little bit while I was resting, oh. but. Yes, this has been this has been by far the easiest recovery from a birth that I've had. Um, so, especially from when I've had an epidural before, because 
um, the pain from that. I mean, I know that, I mean, that's pretty invasive, mm-hmm. um, but just the, the pain from a needle being in, in your back, um, yeah. doesn't go away very quickly. So that, that kind of stays with you. And, um, and then of course, after you have an epidural, you're not able to walk for a while. You can't really get up and move around. And yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. Stuff like that. So so that that's what I was going to ask next. So you did experience a much better recovery this time around. That's yeah, great. definitely, definitely. Yes. And did you take some time after Sawyer was born to to just rest, or were you up and at it right away? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to rest um, for me, anyways. I know some people are able to do that a lot better than I am but I did I had to make myself um rest and my husband actually was able to to, um, take off from work for several weeks this time so that was very helpful Um, yeah it's with all the other ones it's been just about a week or a week and a half or something that he was able but he actually got four weeks this time so um, yeah that was such a blessing he's been able to help with cooking and then we have older kids so they're able to help um my oldest is almost 10. And so she's very responsible. She's, you know, she's preparing meals, she's washing clothes, she's doing all kinds of stuff. So really, it's been a much different experience this time around for sure. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) For a little while. So yeah, that's so important. It's so hard too, you know, especially when you're the mom and you're at, you're at home and you're, I mean, I'm sure all three of us can relate to this. Like you run the house and you do everything and it's just hard to kind of relinquish that control, but you know that you have to. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, definitely. So do you have any products that you've like absolutely loved postpartum for you or the baby? Mm. Um, I am using, well, I love doTERRA products anyways, but before so before I had him while I was preparing, I made some of the pad sickles mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with some lavender and some frankincense oil and, um, and put those in the freezer. And so I loved those things after I got home. It, even though I wasn't super, super sore this time, every time I switched one out, it was just very, it was a relief to have those. And, um, um, for, uh, let's see for him. Well, we like for him, I use, um, Toops and company organics, um, like their baby balm. Mm-hmm. And that's been really nice. Um, for him that you can use that for like a diaper rash cream or which he hasn't had any, but, um, I use that just to moisturize his skin. Um, yeah, they're all, <laughs> She makes makeup and stuff too, I think, right? Yes, that's, that's oh, cool for my makeup too. Um, yeah, I started using her products last year and I actually met her at one of the events that we did for our business. And um, and yeah, I just love having having some products that I can feel comfortable using on, on the baby and on myself. So definitely awesome. Yeah, yeah that's something, I, I, something I've been like considering is switching to more natural, like, you know, beauty products, it's very hard to find one. It is hard. And find ones that work well, right? It's difficult. I saw her, her booth at the Homesteaders of America last year and she had like really beautiful products Uh and 
mm-hmm. stuff that like people rave about it. So yes, awesome. that's, where, that's where I met her for the first time with Homesteaders last year. So yeah. I'm hoping I can go again this year, but I am due in the beginning of August <laughs> and I just, you know how you don't know what kind of baby you're gonna get. I know, I know. Yeah, I have several friends, homesteader friends who plan on going, and they're doing August also. But they're they're kind of the same way. They're like, we'll just see how it goes. So. Yeah, I think that's a, the best attitude to have, right? <laughs> Wait and see. Yeah, Do I have one of those that like scream in the car like my other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> So can you tell us how our listeners can get in touch with you and follow uh, you on Instagram or do you have a website? Yes, we have a website. It's farmlifeoutfitters.com. And um, really, we're Farm Life Outfitters everywhere. We're on Instagram and YouTube. um, And then my email is just michelle at farmlifeoutfitters.com. So, yeah, we're pretty easy to find. um, Great. Well, we can link that in our show notes. And thank you so much for coming on and telling us about all of your four birth stories. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Thank you so much to Michelle for joining us today and sharing your birth story. Yeah, that was a really great one. And don't forget to follow along at Birth Naturally on Instagram. And if you love our episodes, share us with a friend or give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Really appreciate it and it helps others find us. Talk to you guys next time.